previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. And then the worst is you never trust. You, you say, put this into your phone, put this into the maps, and I'm giving you directions. Turn by turn, you go, maybe. Yeah, because I don't hear the voice. I don't hear the woman's <laughs> you voice. You hear my voice. I give you, I I give hear, you plenty of notice. I don't hear the woman's voice. By the way, are you, are you more comfortable with or less comfortable with self-checkout or this new thing that they're going to have in these Amazon Whole Foods stores? Where essentially well, I'm not going to those stores. <laughs> He's not Amazon Prime. Prime. No, I'm not no going chance. There. No, I'm never going to those well, stores. Well, you don't even bring out your I wallet. I'll stop eating. <laughs> I'll ne- if, if those stores proliferate, I'll simply stop eating. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. But by the way, before we start the show, I, I'm reminded of something because I see a utility bill from the city of Rehoboth Beach. I got, I got, remember last year, I oh. got a bill for $1,070. Yeah, yes. sorry about that. $1,070 for one quarter of water usage. $1,070. No bill in the other three quarters was more than $200. Yeah. And I called them a bunch of times and I said, this can't be right. It just can't be right. Now, I paid it because I'm an honorable citizen, but I said it can't be right. And they completely ignored me. This year, for that same quarter, I got a bill for $272.61. We were there the exact same amount of time. We used the exact same amount of water, and, and it, it's one-fifth of the other charge. So I wrote a letter to the city manager at Rehoboth Beach, and I said, I am formally requesting a hearing before your Water and Sewer Commission to deal with this issue that I had last year. It is obvious to me that that was a mistake. Even though I paid everything, I'd like you to contact me because I want to do this. I received nothing back from them. That's a phone. Not even the courtesy of a phone call. I left, I left my phone number, and they have an address out there. And I was out there last week. There was no mail from me. And then I called and left another ma- I called this time. I've sent a letter, and I've called, and I've received nothing back from Rehoboth Beach. Nothing. That's not right. No, it's I mean, not. I've right, Michael. I've it's paid not, the bills. You paid the bill, and I wrote a a fair a, letter, not angry a at all. A formal letter, a formal a letter, written formal letter, requesting a hearing. Now, what I'm I'm just surprised that your time is worth that amount of money, that just in terms of what you do every afternoon up up in the attic. Right. But I'd be interested if you try and pivot that letter to just say, I'm I'm going to pay this. I would like you to review I did this. Pay it. No, I know that. I'd like you to review this because if you look at my my water usage history, you're going to see that this, this is, an is anomaly. the discrepancy. So please make sure that you take the change in money that is the difference between the thousand plus to the 240 some odd dollars and trying to distribute that throughout the lower Delaware area to people who might be having some issues with their water bills as, as people are still struggling to pay utilities that's very noble that may be too noble for me that may be too noble but you, that's you, good. you will they take, didn't even answer me you will take the two days manager, off of pti to go do a formal hearing at rehoboth beach delaware the city manager because did someone not decided to turn on your hose me. to clean a truck i wrote this i wrote this down i, yeah, I did it the right way it's the lack of i don't want to go get a lawyer well, that's going to cost much too much money. I don't want to do it, but I did it the right way, and they've never even answered me at Rehoboth. City manager didn't answer. Yeah, they're just like, we can't be what? bothered with this. We've taken your money. It is the that's, way it is, and, and I love it out there. But yeah. come on, no, that's yeah. I have the same rights that's as everybody shame. else, not yeah. more, not less. Anyway, you think Abby would take this on pro bono? I think Abby would. <laughs> Abby would want to see somebody go to jail. <laughs> All right, we're going to deal with some emails here that we got. This is from Jared Freed, who writes, I'm not sure if you remember, but I'm a comedian living in New York City, and I was on your show before the pandemic. We laughed at how quickly the phrase social distancing came into existence. And now that I think of it, the views expressed on that episode episode have probably aged like a Tim Kirkjian avocado. (laughs) Since the shows, I've become friendly with Gary and Nigel. Some people have come to my shows with a friendly lachiserie. I'm emailing because I'm going to be doing stand-up tonight. This is Veterans Day, 11-11-11. Okay, you know, on the 11th hour, 11th minute of the 11th hour, on the 11th day of the 11th month. That was Armistice Day originally. It's now considered Veterans Day. He'll be doing stand-up tonight, Jared Friedwill, on The Tonight Show. This note is to say thank you. Your show has kept me company on the way to open mics, on long car rides to the firehouse shows, on plane rides you would never fly on, even with your amulets. It's been the reasonable discussion that's helped me take a moment away from thinking about the stupidity of pursuing a life of jokes to to strangers. Again, thank you so much. The other guests, or maybe you've heard of these people, Taylor Swift and Colin Quinn. Mm. I'll make sure to give them both a hearty TK salute from the show, which is great. So he'll be doing The Tonight Show tonight. That's that's, fantastic. That's Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show? Jimmy Fallon, yes. That's good. Yeah, Jared's great. I'd like to apologize to Jared. 
Why? Why is that? I got a text from him once, and it somehow went into the text bubble, and I didn't see it. Oh. And then when I realized where it had come from, I, it had passed the timestamp to reply. Uh, so right. now I've just been I've just been waiting for the proper moment <laughs> oh, okay. for this official apology. His, okay. his act, by the way, I've seen him a few times. He's good. He's really funny. Yeah, yeah he's it's really great. good. It's great. He's going to be great. So the other day, we were talking about Wake Forest with Chuck Culpepper. Yes. And I said something about going to a game at Reynolds Coliseum, which is what I thought the Wake gym was. It's That's not the gym. That's not the gym. And I got some letters, one from Rob Brown. On Monday's show, you mentioned that Reynolds Coliseum was the home of the Wake Forest basketball team. As an alumnus of NC State University, I had to write in after listening to remind you that Reynolds Coliseum is not home to Wake Forest, but the former home of the NC State basketball team. And I should know this because I covered a Final Four there. I should know this. Reynolds Coliseum was home to the men's team for 50 years before they moved to another arena in 1999. In those 50 years, David Thompson, Tommy Burleson, and Monty Tao won the 1974 NCAA championship while I was there, ending UCLA's streak of seven straight titles. And the late, great Jim Valvano led... DMV natives Derek Wittenberg, Sidney Lowe, and Thurl Bailey to the 1983 championship. That Coliseum underwent a major renovation several years ago, led by NC State alum Tory Holt. Yes, that Tory Holt and his brother's construction company. Feel free to stop in Raleigh on your way to Pinehurst to see the new facilities, now home to the number five women's basketball team. Yeah, they're a good team, NC State. Yeah. I'll be happy to give you a tour to correct your sentiment of NC State not being a real college. The reason I said that <laughs> is because of that chant in North Carolina. If you can't go to if you can't go to Duke, go to Carolina. If you can't go to school, go to state, or something like that. <laughs> where they make fun of NC State. Right. Tory Clark went to NC State. Tory Clark, proud alum. Michael, yes. you have relatives, extended family relatives. I'd like to NC stay State. out of this conversation. <laughs> you do. I do. It reminds me of when my mother-in-law thought the uh, the Duke chant at Carolina was, to your health, Carolina, to your health. No, it's go to hell, yes. Carolina. <laughs> From Ashton Wingate in Brooklyn, New York, imagine my surprise at the possible David Aldridge moment when NC State was mentioned on Monday's show. I know that school. I went to that school. Imagine my further surprise when Tony remarked that most people don't even regard this institution as a real school. I immediately began drafting a sternly word email, a worded email, but then remembered the lack of job offers rolling in when I graduated from said non-university in 2007 with a BA in communications media, and I decided against it. Had to go back to get my master's in library and information science at the Catholic University in D.C. before any employer worth their salt would take me seriously. My requisite skills and experience did the talking, but I suppose the pity they felt when they got a waft of my state school stench as I stepped off the elevator didn't hurt either. I got state school too. Don't worry about it, pal. But don't cry for me, Tony. I enjoy a wonderful and fulfilling career as an archivist in the Big Apple and would even like to throw my hat in the ring to be the official archivist of the Tony Kornheiser show. That is, if you'll have me. The official archivist for years and years and years was Brent Glass. Yes. Because he was the most important archivist in the United States of America. But Brent has drifted away from that. So we will consider this, Ashton. Uh, but how could you resist? Mine is the type of rags to high five-figure salary story <laughs> boomers love. Bootstraps, baby. That's a funny line. Keep the laughs coming. Looking forward to the winter weather forecast. we got to get Kevin to do that. I'll take the liberty of saving all the predictions in the archives for poster- prosperity. Not posterity, prosperity. Please forgive any typos or bad grammar. I went to a state school. I did, too. So I got that one wrong. I've gotten the, I got the wake thing wrong. I got the state thing wrong. From Peter Jennings, not that Peter Jennings. I immensely enjoyed the discussion with Chuck Culpepper, such a consistently terrific guest. Yes, he is. I could listen to him all day regarding dear old Wake Forest. You piqued my interest when you indicated you had been to Wake Forest in a game at Reynolds Coliseum. Wake has not played in Reynolds in over 40 years. I think it's about time you made a return trip here. Still waiting for you and Michael to come and tee it up at Old Town. It's so beautiful now. Please bring Wilbon or the Socialite or ABC, anybody but Saliza. Alex Lau in New York City. So, and this is this. I'm bringing this up because I talked about bourbon the other day, and, and sort of what's whiskey, what's rye whiskey, what's bourbon whiskey, what's American, how does it qualify, what's right. Kentucky, what's Tennessee, what's New Mexico. You know, I had all these questions. By the way, I got a bottle of I.W. Harper from Mike Crowley the oh, other nice. day, which is very famous bourbon, I believe. And Alex Lau writes. So wait. Just so I have this straight, bourbon grows up to be whiskey, which grows up to be rye, like baboons grow up to be monkeys, which grow up to be gorillas, and like Bootsy grows up to be Walker, who grows up to be Walker, Texas Ranger. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. So I got this from Jeremy in Long Beach, which I assume is Long Beach, Long Island, but I don't know. There are other Long Beaches. Long Beach, California, I know that. There are others. Yes. Not as important as Long Beach, Long Island, Island. but others. Yes. As a graduate of the University of Louisville with a history 
a degree in history, and as the spirits buyer at my family store in Signal Hill, California. Well, then it's probably Long Beach, California. I believe I am one of many of your fans who can tell you what makes bourbon and whiskey different. Bourbon is the American cousin of the whiskey world. In 1964, Congress recognized bourbon whiskey as a, quote, distinctive product of the United States with concurrent resolution number 57. The requirements for a whiskey to have bourbon on its label are the mash bill must be at least 51% corn. So corn's got to be the primary ingredient of bourbon. The rest can be made up of rye, wheat, and barley. Bourbon cannot be distilled at any proof higher than 160 80% ABV, alcoholic beverage. By so, volume. By volume, okay. Well but cannot enter a barrel at proof more than 125, 62.5% ABV. This is where water comes into play to dilute that 125 proof if distilled higher. Bourbon must be aged in new charred American oak barrels. So you can't char them in like a port barrel or something like that, in a wine barrel. New charred American oak barrels, meaning barrels for bourbon, can be used only once and then must be replaced, a reason most of the European whiskeys and tequilas are aged in bourbon barrels. If a bourbon is aged for at least two years, it can use the term straight bourbon on the label, like straight cash home. <laughs> straight bourbon on the label of the bottle. Any bourbon aged under four years must have that stated on the label. Any age statement on a bourbon level label must be referring to the youngest aged bourbon in the bottle, and it must be made in the United States. This, this is actually information for life. It really is, yeah. While Alexander Hamilton may not have been so successful with America's first attempt to regulate whiskey by taxing it, concurrent resolution number 57 and the Bottled in Bond Act of 1897 both helped pave the way for all the American whiskeys we see today. And from Michael in, in Rochester, New York, one of the most commonly misheard and misunderstood lyrics in all of pop music, the line is actually, and good old boys drinking whiskey in rye. I always thought it was whiskey and rye right. on, on Miss American Pie. Whiskey and rye, referring to my friend Don McLean was so close. <laughs> and good old boys drinking whiskey in rye, referring not to rye whiskey, but to drinking whiskey in rye, New York, R-Y-E, which is right near where you get on the thruway in Rye, New York. McLean was from New Rochelle, which used to have a bar named The Levy that shut down. Took my Chevy to The Levy. <laughs> wow. Makes sense. Wow, right. this is all there. So when The Levy was dry, the good old boys would have to go to neighboring Rye to get their drink on. This also <laughs> is information for life. It's McLean has acknowledged that many of his lyrics are intentionally ambiguous, so I'm sure he was well aware of this particular double entendre on the rocks. Cheers, Michael in Rochester, New York. I'd love to be the official musical theorist of the TK show since I have an actual PhD from the notorious Eastman School. That's in Rochester, but I don't have an actual academic job yet. <laughs> but you're doing some drinking. So, Isn't you know, drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee mm. was dry. Them good old boys, are, it's not whiskey and rye, which I've thought for 50 years. <laughs> I know. 50 years. Yeah. In fact, I just saw that in a movie with Tom Hanks where he's singing the lyrics. And it was subtitled for some reason on my, my, my laptop. And does it say whiskey in? Whiskey and rye. Well, Tom, that's what yeah. we all have thought. We all think it is, yeah. Just New like Rochelle we... and rye are basically contiguous. Right. Now, on the way to Binghamton, you went through both of them. It's sort of like the New York Times don't sell no ads, right? Or don't take no ads. Don't take no ads. <laughs> right. The Bee Gees. That's not the lyrics. <laughs> not the lyric, but now... It every, sounds like that. Every time I listen to that song, that's what comes up in my head. Yeah. So I have all of these whiskeys laying here, right, Michael? It's, I may as well. I'm a little worried. I'm like a distillery. <laughs> I got every people send this stuff to me all the time. I can't drink them all. Right. I mean, it takes, takes a for while. me, it takes at least a month to go through a bottle of one of these things. I'm not sitting there slopping it down. I'm having like a, a, a dram or so. Isn't that an English measurement, hey, Nigel? How many dram? fingers are you pouring in these glasses? Like this much. Okay, so that's two fingers? Well,. I guess. That's okay. all it is. It's yeah. just a little bit. Yeah, just a little Just taste. a little bit. And then I sit on the chair, and I wait for bad news. <laughs> <laughs> then you sit on bad a chair, and you click into anything that AOL sends you about closing your account. Please enter is your that, personal information. Yeah, what is that? Are they scamming me? It looks like a scam. Yeah, don't. don't. Really I did it already. Oh, I'm no. really Thankfully, you forgot stupid. your password. I, yeah, I'm old and stupid. But what I do know is this. I know that I hand-wrote a letter. To the city manager of the city of Rehoboth Beach. And I just said I'd like a formal hearing because I just, I would like, 
Resolution. That's all I, what I mean, if, if it goes you, against me, I'm just going to be what angry, if they call but at you least to court I would get it. On, huh? a, on, a, on an NFL Monday, will you go? No, I'm yeah. working. Well, I mean, I'll can work. Can you send a proxy? Can you send Nigel? Yeah, can I, can I go stand in front of court for you, the barrister? It, there's, there's nothing to do. They admitted, they essentially admitted their mistakes because they gave me a new water meter and since giving me a new water meter my highest bill is 260 dollars yeah how did i get to 1070 come on man yeah and we're doing out it's just the lack of response you know you're you're a a tax-paying citizen of your united states i thought that's how it worked you know you you have a grievance and this and i respond and i paid it's not like i yeah you haven't withhold payment yeah Uh, i don't know what to say (laughs) I pretty much attention must be paid. Yeah, yeah. Before someone takes the gas pipe. Yeah, he had a good dream. Yeah. All right. Oh, Arthur Miller. You, you know, you got to follow the show every once in a while. Okay, uh, Chris Eliza. When we return, that's right. I have no idea what we'll talk about, but I know we're going to talk about. Boo. God. Yeah. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a FrameBridge ad. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever leaving the house. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge. See how they use that as a verb? You can yes. FrameBridge just about anything. This holiday season, FrameBridge is the perfect way. It's a noun and a verb to give the gift they'll actually want to receive. I admire that. They made it into a noun and a verb. Let's try for the gerund. Don't just give frame bridging. Frame bridging. Don't just give, what are you doing? I'm frame bridging. Don't just give slippers again. Give them something special, something only you could give. This year, gift better. See, gift, noun and verb. They're going crazy with frame bridge. It's a reminder of how it works. You go to framebridge.com. You upload your photo. Or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. You preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. You choose your favorite or you get free recommendations from their talented designer the experts at framebridge will customize and frame your item and deliver the finished piece straight to you or anyone on your list it's a handcrafted personalized gift from framebridge and it starts at 39 dollars, and all shipping is free plus listeners to this high quality podcast will get 15 percent off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code tony k order online at framebridge.com or stop by a framebridge store to work with the designer in person They have those in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philadelphia, Boston, or Chicago. Michael, you have a gallery wall. I have multiple gallery walls. And the choice for me is we we have the Scenics, which I think Nigel's actually about to do. He's got some photos to turn in. Yeah, lovely. And now I've got Growing Boys. The gallery wall continues. And that's why you bought a new house, to accommodate the gallery (laughs) wall. More walls. Get started today. (laughs) Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com. Use the promo code Tony K to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code Tony K. One more time, framebridge.com, promo code Tony K. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Easy Fall. It's sung by Marion Hunter, whose dad writes us, Longtime Virginia listener here, back to the 570 WTEM days. Andy Poli, long commutes from Nova to the city, made somewhat less painful uh, through the first hearing about this PTI business because Eric Rideholm is his old boss at oh. The Motley Fool over tacos, and many have listened since after many a read before. Anyhow, also a nerdy dad whose daughter's first original came out on Spotify last week. Her name is Marion Hunter, and the song is called Easy Fall. Not too shabby, and when I shared it with another TK listener chum, he said, send it. For the local tune hamper. This is the local tune hamper. <laughs> Marion Hunter, it's lovely. Easy Fall. Plays in Chris Saliza. And we played golf with Chris last week. I got a bunch of questions here about Chris's real job, but mm. I think I said this on the air, and Michael is aware of this. You weren't anywhere near as bad as I hoped. I hoped you'd be so bad. <laughs> yeah. I hoped you'd yeah. be so colossally bad. <laughs> And you're not like at, asked to leave the golf course. Like, yeah, like that people yeah. people would send a card out for you and <laughs> remove you physically from the course. In fact, you hit irons, particularly a six iron, majestically high and straight most of the time. Okay, you're terrible with a driver. Terrible. Not that you're terrible. 
Not that you're terrible on, unless you consider being off the course and into people's houses <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But you're so well, good. Like, like you're so good with irons. Of course. Yeah. Can you just yeah. explain to people what is your what is your your goal now? Because you actually could be good. Well, let me say one thing that I think you all missed. So before we played, we went to the range and hit some balls. And I was hitting balls, and I was hitting like a six iron, and it was fine. And then one time I hit it so far off the toe of the club that it spiraled r- directly rightward right in front of the yeah. guy next to me and missed him by about three mm. feet. And I think he is actually the, 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 um, the head of the club, the president of the club, I think. Kevin Gallagher. Kevin yeah, Gallagher. I, I believe yeah, I who, almost who hit Kevin you? Gallagher with a, with a six iron, which is almost impossible was he, wait, that we were standing parallel to one another. Were you yeah. um, were you wearing sh- was he wearing shorts because Kevin was wearing shorts that day yeah. cold as it was uh, that's yeah. Kevin Gallagher who actually likes you from this show and from well, television not let, let me, oh uh, no I think he does I was once I was once invited to the old pro am at the Kemper Open at Avenel and I was on the range and to my right a couple of stalls oh well not even stalls a couple of mats over was who's that golfer, Lee Jansen? Lee Jansen. And Lee Jansen oh. walked off the range. He walked off the range, and he said to people, I got this chop next to me. Stinks. I don't even know why he's here. And I was playing in wow. the Pro-Am. And I found this well, out, was- and I confronted him. I confronted him. I think him he said, it. I got like a 20 next to me. And you're like, a 20? A 20, yeah. A 20 is good, because I was a 23 at the time. <laughs> he told the people in the pro shop that he was afraid for his life. So maybe oh, yeah. I know what that's, well, that's like. Well, that's a Kevin Gallagher type situation because he looked at me. Yeah. He was at first stunned, and then I think he was kind of annoyed, and then I think he was amused. It was a real range of emotion. I but think the biggest good. question is, can you explain to people what pants you were wearing? Because that's very important <laughs> oh, yeah. to me. Well, I mean, you know, as, as is to be expected, I may not play well, but I always look good. You know, I mean, that's the yeah. focus of my... I spent hours <laughs> mixing and matching various outfits. So I had a uh, Walter Hagen slim tapered pant, uh, yeah, light uh, gray, and on top I had paired that with a um, another Walter Hagen piece, actually. Walter Hagen, sort of a... Michael, would you describe that as an oatmeal sort of? Yes. <laughs> and De- then my definitely. hat... And then my hat was both gray Cream and oatmeal to really to really round it all back together. So I your hat had good. a leather outline of the state of Virginia on it. Yeah, I'm always repping Virginia. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I look good. If I never hit, if I never actually had to hit a ball, I think you would think I might be decent. But I unfortunately in golf you actually have to hit the ball. You can't just drive around on the cart and stand and talk to people, which I would have been perfectly content to do. Probably would have been more fun for me. Um, but I didn't. I wasn't terrible. But I'm just not any no. good, and it's it's frustrating because Michael is up there piping drives 275 right down the middle over and over again. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm hitting it into some poor guy's house dead left of us. I'm hitting it into his like lawn ornaments. It's not fun. Do you know, by the way, are, are those Walter Hagen's actual clothes? Because he died about forty to sixty years ago. Are they? Did you get yeah, them they're at an auction? Yeah, they're vintage. Yeah, yeah. I bought them. They I bought them at a vintage nice. auction. Yeah, it's like that I don't guy think he was. Who, I don't think he was wearing the thirty-one, thirty-four like Saliza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, thirty-two, thirty-six. Um, uh, uh, it's kind of like that guy who bought all those ties from uh, from uh, um, the Americans. You know, I just buy yes, old yes. golfers' clothes. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, but yeah, I, had, sense, a, I yeah. Actually you... had a really, I had a really good time. It was, it was, it was actually enjoyable. In that, probably about two thirds of the shots that I hit, or well, maybe sixty percent of the shots that I hit went up in the air, which is all I'm really aiming for. At Beautiful. This point. They were majestic. You could actually be good. I, I wonder, have you come up with any sort of explanation as to why you can hit an iron so well and why your driver is, is really Michael, erratic? M- Michael has an explanation that he told me and I promptly forgot, but he has an explanation. Yep. There is an explanation exists. Very, very vertical at the backswing, and then he falls back, so at the irons, a little shorter, it's, it's easier for him to be steep into the ball, and he can throw his hands, almost like if you're, you're hitting a, uh, a drawspin forehand, and with the driver, it's going to be harder to square that up. But your clubs, because they must cost thousands of dollars each, they were brand new, and Again, the blue on the I'm driver hand was gorgeous. Focused. 
I'm very focused on how I look getting off the bus before the match. You know, it's, it's, the problem is, again, if you only had to look like a golfer, I have that down. It's the right. playing golf piece of it that remains complicated. But I, I was inspired. I talked to Mike Crowley, the guy that we played with, um, yes. uh, a bit about online lessons. I'm hoping that Michael can work some connections, and I'm, I'm saying it on air so that I guilt him into doing it uh, to help me get a lesson or two. Because I think with a few lessons, it would be more fun. But you guys are really fun to play with. I know people think like it's a little intimidating to play with someone as good as Michael, and it is a little bit, but he's very supportive. He's not, like, dismissive of me as I hit it, you know, dead left into someone's home. Um, not to your face. And, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Meanwhile, he's lead chancening me to the other people in the group. I, I play with this but pack. every once in a while, every once in a while, you'd bang it off a tree, and it would be found again. It would end up yeah. where we could see it. I think I So I thought lost. that was good. I lost one ball in the water on that stupid par three. I think it's sixteen. I hit it into the water. Yeah, but other, par three and then that I was modeled after Augusta. I it, yeah, I think I, I think I made about a fifteen on that hole. But other than that, it was fine. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, fun playing with you. I had fun. I had a, I, I had, had fun. Yes, Crowley had fun. We all had fun. We did. We all I don't had know. fun. Crowley, so Crowley, was he was up in the air on me. I think. I think he was unsure. No, I think he liked you. I think he liked you. I do. I think he liked you. Um, can I ask you about your real job? Can I ask a couple of politics questions? I guess. I, I, I'm glad that you called when you did because I was literally pulling a Carville this morning. I was dropping my kid off at the bus, getting coffee, and picking up my laundry. So I was. I, I had this terrible omen that you would call right as I was doing all three, and I, I'd be like Carville, like talking off off air, like to someone, like think, think, while think banging, while you're eating breakfast, while getting yeah, room service breakfast, and taking the big weird. silver tray tin off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Weird, so, weird will, ambient noise in the background. But I'm ready now. I am, I am perfectly good, yes. So we're more than a week out from what were minor elections in terms of the United States of America. Some states had them. It wasn't like it was Congress. It wasn't like it was the Senate or anything like that. An off-year election. Is there anything that you think we should learn from the results? Or are you going to, and I'm happy if you say this, saying, don't overreact to this. It just wasn't meaningful at all. It's too small a sample. So I think you always have to be aware of the too small a sample. What you what you just said. It wasn't a national election. Yeah. It was it was a, it, right. you know there were two gubernatorial elections. That's it. One in Virginia. One in New Jersey. There was a lot of other stuff on the ballot in other places, but only two statewide governors' races. So I think you always have to caveat it with it's a really small sample. That said, I think what we were looking for, history would suggest that the first midterm election of a president is almost always bad for his party in Congress. So the average seat loss, if for a president under 50 percent, which is where Joe Biden is right now, under 50 percent approval is 37 House seats in a first midterm election. There's just a natural tendency, particularly post-World War II, for people to sort of, you know, balance the scales. They, they, they voted one way two years before. Yeah. They kind of want you know, another hand on the tiller two years later. Um, so I think we all expected that 2022 is going to be a good election for Republicans, despite the fact that the party still remains in thrall of someone who is lying about the result and lying about everything else. It should be historically a good election for Republicans. So I think all that Tuesday did was tell us how good the political environment is today for Republicans. So Joe Biden wins Virginia by 10 points in 2020. He, uh, the, the Democratic nominee, Kerry McAuliffe, loses Virginia by two points in 2021. So that's a 12-point swing. In New Jersey, this is a state that I, I believe Biden won by about 15, the Republican almost beats the incumbent Democrat governor, Phil Murphy, loses by, I think, about two and a half or three. So, again, about a 12-point swing toward Republicans. So right. that's, right. I think, where we are today. Um, that doesn't mean we will be there in 2022, but I think you should not be surprised that to last Tuesday was a good election for the Republican Party, because history tells us that this midterm election is going to be a good election for the Republican Party almost uh, every time. You know, I mean, obviously there, there's different circumstances in all those years since World War II, every, uh, you know, every first term, midterm, but each time they've delivered almost exclusively a big gain in the House for 
the party who's not in the White House. So I think history at that level, that's a much bigger sample size. We should probably listen to that. Right. Uh, you live in Virginia. Um, you have a new governor, yeah, right Glenn Youngkin. Yeah, um, who's a rich businessman and somewhat charismatic. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had experience with people like that very, very recently. Is he poised to become a national figure? And is I that what he, he wants? I think yeah, he wants I mean, it. I don't, believe, I don't believe any politician when they say, I'm happy with fill-in-the-blank job that isn't president. Like, this is the only yeah. job I've ever wanted. People always say that. Like, this is the only job I've ever wanted, being the, you know, being the, the uh, crime reporter in the San Diego Union-Tribune. It's like, well, if the New York Times came and said, we'll hire you as a crime reporter, you would say no? Because that's, your, you know, like, I'm skeptical that, that, that those pledges that all politicians make, like, this is the run I ran for because this is the only one I want. Uh, you yeah. run for office and hold office, and I think you're ambitious almost by nature. That That's what drives you to these things. Um, I don't think it would be a dumb idea for Glenn Youngkin to kind of try to elevate himself so that 2024 is at least a possibility. Remember, Virginia is the only state in the country still where you are term limited to one term you're as done. governor. You cannot one term run at for a, a time. Term. You, you yeah, can't right. succeed yourself, but you can wait four years and do it again. Yes. That, which is what Terry McAuliffe was trying McAuliffe to do. McAuliffe did he that. Had, he had, he yes. had been governor from 2013 yes. to 2017 and was trying. It's Grover Cleveland, mm -hmm. right? You, you're, you're president once. Yep. You're not, you're not president. You come back and be president again. So um, given that, given that no matter what happens in 2025, Glenn Youngkin is, is not the governor anymore, no, no matter how good or bad it goes, I, I think you almost by necessity have to kind of at least put out a few feelers as it relates to 2024. I, I tend to think all of this stuff is pointless if Donald Trump runs, because I think if he runs, he wins, unless something drastic changes in the Republican Party, which I haven't seen. But, right. you know, he is, Donald Trump is, is sort of, by definition, incredibly mercurial. And so even if today he wants to run, tomorrow he may decide not to. So I think you have to, if you're going to Yunkin, you have to sort of, at least put out a few feelers, you know, as you get into 2022, as you get into 2023, just so you're in the mix. I think he is the first guy or woman who successfully was able to balance keeping the Trumpers happy while also yeah. not alienating yeah. every suburban voter. He ran even yeah. in the Richmond suburbs. He kept it decently close in the D.C. suburbs where I live. Um, and then he rolled it up in rural Virginia, which people who are not familiar with Virginia, there's a lot of rural Virginia. Um, so I think there is a blueprint that exists there. Now, I think winning an election post-Trump in a swing state like Virginia is different than beating Donald Trump in a Republican presidential primary. But I just think from what we've seen with Obama and then Trump, like I don't think voters are super sold on the idea that the more time you spend in office, the better president you'll be, right? I, I actually think experience in that way is, is, could be a negative uh, for a lot of people. So I don't see why he wouldn't at least think about it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for coming on. Thank oh you for my playing gosh. golf it's with such us. A we had a very and good time. My goal with the golf was that I wasn't so bad or annoying that I would never be asked back, you know, because I really actually enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm hoping to get well, better. You, you didn't hit so that more... goal. You didn't actually get up that high. You're not <laughs> yeah, going to be asked back. Point. And you were. Yeah. But I really I mean, I... I enjoyed myself. And we're hoping well, to get, get onto one of your golf trips. Yeah, with yes, Dan well, Fisher. I, we, we have to talk about my Alan Bubis, Dan Fisher, because he, I told Michael about it. <laughs> have Michael tell you the proposal that... Uh, I relate out to him because Dan would like uh, nothing more than to play golf with us. And he's actually, he has the worst swing I've ever seen, and he's pretty good, which depresses, depresses no. me because I'm like, am I, I'm way worse than that? But he's like pretty no. good. He also plays golf like four times a week, which is a pretty good setup. Good no. life if you can get it. Thank you, Chris. Chris Saliza, boys and girls. Uh, we will come back with James Carville and Jeff Ma. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X chair read. From the first moment I sat in my X chair, my body immediately said, ah. I wish that was true. My body said, ah. So this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office, because I didn't have an office, until I got my X chair. You know, I'm sitting in my X chair right now. This is my office now, where I do the podcast. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My ex-chair can. 
Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My ex-chair can. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed and made for X-chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, DVL, for the cotton scenting, <laughs> your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are the reasons why you will love X-chair. Try X-chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, You'll never go back. Go to xchairtony.com now. That's the letter X, the word chair, T-O-N-Y.com, or call 1-844-4-X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. xchairtony.com. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Glenn Smith, who writes, I was a singer-songwriter in my prime who somehow turned into a dad somewhere around 2001 and is now miraculously a singer-songwriter dad who plays golf. I've recently recorded a song I've written, would be beside myself with pride if it made it onto the show I've loved since the days of radio syndication, you know, when Michael was riding ponies. Anyway, I hope you like it. It's a song called Maria. Now, if you're my age, there's only one song called Maria, and it's from West Side Story. Yeah. So this is a different song called Maria. It's actually very, very good. It is. By Glenn Smith. Michael, if people like Glenn Smith want to play their original music on this show and be happy about it, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com, and you'll be happy. The, the photo of me on the pony made the move. Ooh, That's good. great. That should be on the gallery wall. It should be blown <laughs> up the size of the Empire State Building. <laughs> Bigger than the pony. James Carville joins us now. He had a hot week. He only gave us two bets because he was busy eating room service breakfast at the time. But both bets panned out. He had Illinois and he had Oregon. Oregon was giving points. Illinois was getting points. And I think they both won outright. That's a very good week for you, right? Was that, was that T-Boy Lachelet or just you? Oh, yeah. T-Boy's up. He's far and away now. He's all cleared up. So we're okay, doing good. Boy, good. That's good. We start out, we don't have okay. uh, uh, Minnesota goes to Wisconsin, I think. Okay. So no, it's Northwestern. Northwestern's Northwestern's at Wisconsin. Minnesota's at Iowa. Iowa That's giving right. five right. and a half. Northwestern's got to get a bunch of points at Wisconsin, right? Uh, yeah, Wisconsin giving twenty-four and a half is what I see. Yeah, take Northwestern. Oh, Wilbon will be so happy. <laughs> Wilbon yeah. will be so happy on this. Okay, okay. I, I make that a double play. A double two times. Oof. Okay, and then uh, Minnesota is. Playing at uh, Iowa. That's right. Iowa giving five and a half is what I see. Uh, t- take the five and a half. They got a double play. So the two double plays: Northwest, Northwestern, and Minnesota. Right. Okay. Right. Oklahoma. Yes. Anything? At Oklahoma minus five point five at Baylor. Yep. Oklahoma. Okay. Georgia. That's a single play. That's a single play, a right? Single Not a play. double. Everything. Okay. Everything from here on is single. Georgia. Go ahead. Tennessee. Georgia. Georgia mm-hmm. laying 20. Later 20. Okay. A&M Oh, you've got to take Miss. a favorite. Okay. I'm picking a uh-huh. favorite. Picking a favorite. A&M to Ole Miss. Favorite right. again. Well, what is right. uh, A&M? A&M is yes. giving two and a half at Ole Miss. Yes. Okay. Ole Miss, rather. Okay. That's what I got. Same okay. thing. All right. Okay. Right. Pats uh, minus five against Cleavage. Minus five Cleveland? Is it 1.5. Minus 1.5. 1.5. Okay, 1. right. 5. That's what I thought. Right. You're going to take New England? You're going to take them? I am going to take New England. Okay, good. Cowboys, minus nine against Atlanta? Yes. The Cowboys. Oh, rebound game. I agree with you. Totally agree with They're you on that one. Back. Totally. They're coming back. Yep. Okay. And, and the, the Raiders? No, nope, one more. Right. Uh, right. Kansas City and the Raiders. Kansas yes. City's plus two and a half. Kansas City's minus two. Yeah, I've got to, yeah Kansas. Huh? Kansas City is a favorite. Kansas City's favorite on the right, road. Right. Right. Kansas City. Right. Yes. The Raiders get to it. Take the Raiders in the two and a half. Really? That's six, ten points. That's a lot. All right. This is great. But this is great. Let's hope you go ten and zero. Oh. Man, people like money. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what? They like money. People do like money. Thank you, James. Mm-hmm. We wish you all the luck in the world. This is my favorite part of the show. Thank yes. you, James. James Carville, boys and girls. God only knows where he is right now, if he's eating, what he's doing. We don't really know. <laughs> right. Double plays. Lots of double plays. Two double yes. plays. All Ten. right. Yes. Do we have Jeff Ma? I think uh, Sean is efforting that as we speak. He's, but James is good with T-Boy. He says, yes. He everything says so- T-Boy's all right now. <laughs> that indicates T-Boy wasn't all right. <laughs> There's more to that story. Yeah, but since T-Boy doesn't see doctors, we think it's he doesn't see doctors <clears throat> or that he never leaves the swamp. Yeah, leaves the dock. Yeah. Leaves the dock. Yes. T-Boy must live on a boat. <laughs> Probably. We don't, with Carville, we just don't understand. It's a lot of gray area. It's, yes. To me, if I listened to this show, I would tape... Carville every single week because it's so great. He's just so great. Is Jeff with us? Yes, he is. Jeff, it's hard to follow Carville. We didn't understand much of what he said, but he had 10 different plays. 10 different wow. plays for Carville. Doesn't that sound like a lot, Jeff? I mean, it does, but he, he picks college also, right? Yes, he picks mostly college. It's mostly college. Okay. Any XFL? You had a losing. You had a losing week. <laughs> no, no, no XFL. <laughs> you were two and three. I think that's the first losing week you've had all year. I think, but you're still twenty-seven and eighteen, way ahead of humans and monkeys. <laughs> way ahead. You're the best we got. You are. Losing week. Did that bother you? Was it? Were there anything? Any, any look? Any regret on a particular game where you go, yeah, that one I should have done differently. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't want to have a losing week, but it's a long season, and and we, you know, as much as we're celebrating all these these victories and and being nine games over five hundred, I mean, also, um, there's going to be losing weeks. It's just the way it is, yeah. and you know, even even that that Jets game against Indianapolis on Thursday night, the Jets were in position to actually have one of the best backdoor covers, as they say, in the world. And then you know uh, Josh Johnson or whatever through you through that pick. Um, so yes, you know it, it's it again. Like I think Vegas may be a bit more of a mess than than I had thought, and they certainly aren't playing particularly well. And you know um, New Orleans is, may struggle a little bit without um, without Jameis. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, how these all play out, but you know, what, it's a it's a really weird week, right? Like you look at a team like Buffalo against Jacksonville, and, and wow, how do you expect that? Yes. You know, like that was not something. Right. And so, you know, again, and, and Dallas, Denver. This is this the NFL seems like the first few weeks of the season this year was interesting because a lot of the the big favorites and a lot of the people that bet these what they call money line parlays, where they take these big favorites or these teases, they were all winning and everyone felt like geniuses. And, and last couple of weeks, we've gotten back to the point where we're in the NFL, these big point spreads and these underdogs are often the way to go. Okay. What have you got for us? I'm going to start tonight. I'm going to take uh, the underdog Miami against Baltimore plus the seven and a half. Um, I still contend Miami is better than a two and seven team. Um, Baltimore, obviously, um, has looked great this year at times, yes. um, with the exception of probably that Cincinnati game was only the real. But they've played a lot of close games. I think off of a short week um, in Miami, I, I like getting the seven and a half points here. Baltimore has Baltimore has been thrilling to watch because they've made great comebacks. But they they're not beating people by ten, twelve, fifteen points. They're not. So you're right about that. What else you got? Uh, I'm going to take, let's see here. I'm actually going to go back to New Orleans plus the three against Tennessee. Tennessee definitely surprised everyone. I think, you know, the, the interesting thing about this Dark Henry injury is that there is like the feeling that generally, and with his, with the exception of Dark Henry, that, that running backs are a bit overrated um, in terms of the mm-hmm. point spread. Obviously he's elite, you know, he's, sort of the modern day, whatever, Jim Brown, right? And so ultimately, when he's out, how much of a difference will it make? They played incredibly well against the Rams. The Rams had some very, very key turnovers that made that game, the complexion of the game, very different. Um, But I think New Orleans, with that defense here, getting three, I I like them to win this game outright. Even without a quarterback? Even without a quarterback. I mean, I think... Sean okay. Keaton, as okay. we said, is the quarterback whisperer. I think he, he you yep. know, 
Simeon is, is will you know, coach him up and I'll put a game plan together. And, and I still really like this New Orleans defense. I think Tennessee will have trouble scoring against New Orleans. And I think New Orleans, I think the Tennessee defense probably looked a lot better because Stafford, Stafford gave them some gifts um, that made yes, that game a lot, uh, yes, look a lot different than it was. Okay. I'm going to take the Jets plus the 13 against Buffalo. Oh, you're um, doing this every week. <laughs> you know, Buffalo, Buffalo um, offense has struggled at times this year. They're, they're facing very similar to what, what Kansas City's facing with these, like, two deep zones. And they're kind of just refusing to run the ball. This, this modern-day NFL is all about passing, and a lot of teams are very reluctant to actually run the ball, um, and, and the Buffalo is definitely a case of that. So I think until they make these adjustments, they will have some trouble defensively, and the Jets are able to – they have the, – the one thing you can say about them is they have a strong front seven, and I mean a strong front four, and they're able to you know, get some pressure on the passers. So I, I do think that they will be able to keep Buffalo from just running all over the field and getting 13 points at home is a lot of points. You bet the Jets all the time. You love the Jets. Okay, what else? <laughs> I'm going to take uh, Philly plus the three against Denver. I mean, Denver is interesting, right? You trade Von Miller. It seems like you're saying, okay, this is still a rebuilding season. Then you come out and you spank the Cowboys. Um, Philly obviously uh, has has played much better um, this year at times recently. And I I just think plus the three here is, is a good spot for them. I think Denver is, you know, I, I don't know how Denver did that to Dallas. I have absolutely no idea. But I don't think Denver's any good at all. But if you know what, if Denver wins this game, they are the champs of the NFC East. They would have been, they'll be 4-0 in the NFC East, Denver. Oh, yeah. And I don't think they're very good. I don't. Anyway, what else? All right, finally, I'm going to take Seattle plus three and a half against Green Bay. Obviously, there's there's a lot of uncertainty here with the quarterback situation. Yes. Um but I mean, Seattle with Russell Wilson is a pretty good team. He comes team. back, and um, yeah, he comes and back. And that, yeah. that's that's sort of the difference here. And it, you know, from all signs, it looks like he's back playing well, and and he's going to be pretty healthy. Um, who knows about who knows about Rodgers? I mean, what, what what a crazy sort of turn from Rodgers that now is like this incredible sort of odd villain in it to the NFL and to the world. So I, I just kind of like Seattle plus the three and a half year with returning Russell Wilson and, and, a, and a team that people have largely overlooked but are still in very much position to make the playoffs in the NFC. I'm assuming that Rodgers is going to play because that will be 10 days, but he can't even be with the team until Saturday, I think. I think that's that's true. Although Rodgers I mean, is that a great player. That may be a good, a a good thing for the rest of the team, right? It's possible, Yeah. I mean, he'll just sort of walk in crazy at this point. (laughs) I would think that that what Rogers said the other day to Pat McAfee when he said, I'm an athlete, not an activist. and I'm going to go back to being an athlete is somebody on a crisis management team saying to him, here are the exact words we want you to say. And then we want you to stop (laughs) (laughs) because you are facing losing lots of income if you continue to do this. But Rogers thinks he's the smartest guy to be the new host of Jeopardy. So that's really the big thing. Yeah, he doesn't get that. He yeah. de- de- although the new host of Jeopardy is, uh, didn't we think that she was an anti-vaxxer for a while Not with sure. her children? <laughs> I think so. And she's, isn't she a, a neuroscientist yeah, or I know something? She's, yeah, she's some sort of scientist as well as being an actress. Yeah. So Everybody should be a scientist. <laughs> Jeff, you should be a scientist, an epidemiologist I mean, I'm or something. A scientist. I mean, I have a mechanical well, engineering degree. Doesn't that make me a scientist? <laughs> I guess it does. Sure. I'm mean, certainly an engineer. And then if you, you're in, in any kind of trouble, you can go work for Amtrak because they need engineers at this point. Uh, Jeff's, well, Jeff's big, gig with Rufus. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, the, the, big, the big statement these days is trust the science, right? Anytime you fall into an argument and you can't win it, you just say trust the science. So that, that's what I'm going with. That's, that's a good thing. And, and the most scientific betting podcast out there is Bet the Process yes. with Jeff and Rufus. Thank you, Jeff. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. He's killing it. He is. Even with a bad week, he's 27 and 18. Carville had 100 picks. <laughs> 100 picks. Turning two. Just, you know, he does this all the time, double plays, and he loses them. Yes. And then, and then it complicates the record keeping. Yes. It just complicates it. All right, we'll take a break. Email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. 
You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Shopify ad. Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day. Now, Michael explained this to me yesterday. This is for businesses. That's right. Yes. More than individual people. Well, so yes. For so you, let's say you have an idea. You want to start making that money. You have a you have a shop. It'll help you put that shop online. Yeah. You already have a physical store. It'll help you transition to some more online sales. And if you're with, uh, you can be with any other e-commerce platform. They'll take you. Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. Shopify has thousands of integration and third-party apps, from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots. To and beyond. Chatbots. I got to get involved in that. I've had a tough day. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Discover endless possibilities. Shopify is tirelessly inventing tools of growth for over 1.7 million businesses, helping them succeed every day. Shopify believes in liberating commerce for all because entrepreneurship has the power to drive communities forward and commerce can be a force for good. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur like you makes their first sale on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash Tony K. Do it all in lowercase. Okay, no capitals. Shopify.com slash Tony K for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. I don't know how you could refuse that if you owned a business. I mean, giving you two weeks free. I mean, you got to do it. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash Tony K right now. One last time, Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y, Shopify.com slash Tony K. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. He's got your emails and your notes. He'll read them for all you folks. Because it's the mailbag. Yeah, it's the mailbag. If you drive a car, no Thank you, Sean. It's always a pleasure to hear that with you singing. Najee, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? I'm giving you bagels to take home today. Yes, very excited about that. We love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. So that's about it for us today. But here's, here's a lyric, or not even a lyric, here's from a movie. I don't think I'm going to get this. I've always been a kind of a pacifist. When I was a kid, my father told me, never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Um, it's obviously a comedy, um, but uh, who's, where's that? That was Russell Zitsky from Stripes in honor of Veterans Day. Oh, is that Day. right? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Veterans Day. That's right. That's right. Good, good. Thanks to our guest today, Chris Saliza, James Carville, Jeff Ma, host of the podcast, Bet the Process. I, I got a, a couple of nice notes, by the way, when I talked about Willie McCool and that, uh, you know, the the large tablet dedicated to him. Oh, at right. The 15th oh, yes. The Naval Academy. I'm grateful for that. Thanks to today's sponsors, Framebridge, Shopify, X-Chair. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. This is from Tom in Somerville, South Carolina, based on our first guest today. Your recent golf outing confirms that the Loomis Chafee School for the Rich motto is, if you can't play a sport, then dress like one. <laughs> from Adam Johnson, good morning, gentlemen. My name is Adam. I'm from, I'm from Loris, South Carolina, 20 miles west, because you can't go east of Myrtle Beach, for you geography nerds. And I feel co to, compelled to tell you how Dan Byrne, genius that he is, has ruined my life. I used to umpire Little League baseball games in the summers throughout high school and college. My dad and I would do it together as our love of baseball has always brought us together. After hearing 27 pitchers for 27 outs, I have a recurring, recurring nightmare of umping home plate during a kid pitch baseball game and the coach literally changing pitchers every out. There aren't even 27 kids on the combined rosters, but somehow both coaches managed to do it. It is my hell. Thanks a lot, Dan. From Mario Pekia in Youngstown, Ohio. I finally watched that Eagles documentary. Thanks for the recommendations. Fantastic. <laughs> I've enjoyed your show for many years, especially Godfather references. <laughs> How that? From Chris Bansells in Forest Hill, Maryland. Not Forest Hills, Forest Hill. On a scale of 1 to 10, the Wilbon Surprise Index tops out at about 4.5. So should Purdue, Purdue should feel good about that. Yeah, so I think that's probably true. This is David. 
Hi, I've noticed at the end of every show the appropriate thanks is giving to your, given to your guests. However, in all my years of listening, going back to the undisclosed location, not once has any thanks been given to Reginald. Come on, man. Be better. <laughs> Be better. I actually think you thank, I think you thank Reginald yesterday. I think I heard that. so. From yes. Ryan Defoe in Bainbridge Island, Washington. I'm a long-time listener. It's the first time writing. I've never been an athlete, but a few years back, I decided to try to get healthier. I embarked on an exercise kick. I ran my first half marathon, and in the euphoria of the finish, I decided I wanted to run a few more. Specifically, I wanted to run one in each state during the five-year period between my most recent birthday and the next birthday that was divisible by five. 50 states in five years. That was the plan. Like many things, COVID has made this plan difficult, and there's a good chance I won't finish my challenge in time. I've got 22 states to go and about 19 months before that birthday. I'm not complaining. This pandemic has cost many people so much more. My minor inconvenience is insignificant in the broader context. But I've kept running. And last November, I decided to see what would happen if I began to run every day, rather than the four to five days per week, which had been my average. And so I did. From November 6, 2020, to this past Saturday, November 6th, this is last week, 2021, I ran every day. I covered 1,680 miles. To put that into concrete terms, that's the distance from the outskirts of Miami all along I-95 to the outskirts of Bangor, Maine. I also retired six pair of shoes and burned about 250,000 calories, all of which I immediately replaced with delicious food. Throughout it all, I listened to your podcast, whether PTI or the TK show, I've listened during every run. This has resulted in my breaking stride to laugh out loud many times. Other times I've found myself arguing with you on the side of the road. Sometimes it has made me think I might need a solo stove. But always, it has helped me pass the time and enjoy the miles. Thank you for being part of the run. How great is that? Isn't that lovely? From Todd Berkner in Adamstown, Maryland. For next year's Toy Hall of Fame, I'm starting the campaign now for the induction of water. You can play in it at the beach or pool, run through it coming out of a sprinkler, and load a squirt gun with it. Plus, it makes up the basis of our bodies and is the basic ingredient in all alcoholic beverages. I look forward to your ongoing support over the next year. Sure. If you have water. Sand, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Elliot Olshansky. As evidenced by the flood, or perhaps landslide of emails you received from Monday's show, one didn't need to be Wilbon to be wholly unsurprised that you had an opinion on Sands' induction into the Toy Hall of Fame. However, lost in all of these emails was the remarkable redemption story of Sands' induction. <laughs> After all, next year will mark two decades since Sand had its reputation dragged through the dirt, of which it is an ingredient, along with silt, clay, and loam, but not the same thing, due to its inclusion in the worst line in the entire Star Wars film saga, not spoken by Jar Jar Binks. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Everything is soft and smooth. In fact, while your suggestions of Mr. Sandman or Mario Rivera, Mariano Rivera to induct sand were excellent, I would like to nominate George Lucas or Hayden Christensen to do the honors, <laughs> bringing the story full circle. Or better yet, since he became better acquainted with sand during your weekend golf outing, maybe Chris Saliza could do it. As many a little will attest that he, too, is rough, irritating, and gets everywhere. <laughs> Best regards from Suffolk County, where I'm still unable to visit Sunken Meadow State Park, Crab Meadow Beach, or even the playground at Hoyt Farm Park without thinking of that stupid sand line, much to the annoyance of the woman to whom I'm related by marriage. Brandon Costello, weighing in on sand. Sand? Sand? All right, you know what? Let's do it. Next year, bark, kitty litter, and burrs, <laughs> and pound scum, scabs, and pocket lint. These toy people, I tell you, too cute for their own damn good. Maybe we should let, I don't know, kids pick the best toys instead of middle-aged idiots who think they're cute. From Abraham in Silver Spring, if you get the chance, ask Steve Sands if it's possible. he's a possible heir to the fortune made by anyone in the sand industry. <laughs> I will hang up and listen. From Dan Walsman in Damascus, Maryland, now that sand is in the Toy Hall of Fame, I can't wait to get my kids sand for Christmas. Since they are good kids, I'll give them some rocks and sticks as well. I'll use the extra money that I save betting on games with Jeff Ma. <laughs> Nathan Mark, as a Kiwi... Living in a small rural town in the center of the North Island, Island of New Zealand, I must say that I had no bleeping idea <laughs> what you were talking about on Monday's show when you were explaining your trip to the beach. Apart from that, <laughs> great show. Was, was I doing geography? I doing a little bit of, yeah. yeah was I doing 404 and 14? And yeah, 404, 14, some of the towns. I need the secret turn. Yes. Rory yes. Kimballin in Gardner, Maine. That's a long trip from New Zealand to Gardner, Maine. Uh, Mr. Tony stated, I have a great sense of direction. I always know when I've made a wrong turn. I do not think this means what you think it means. <laughs> it is generally accepted that a great sense of direction means you don't make a wrong turn. Thank goodness the working man's BMW will hold your hand for every mile. I'm sure a pretentious car like Subaru would send a helicopter to get you from the beach. And one more from James Cameron uh, in Seaford, Delaware. 
I was listening to the Monday show, and you begin breaking down your route to Rehoboth, and as soon as you mentioned State Road 16, I knew exactly where this was going. 16 was closed beginning November 1st, 2021. You headed on the dreaded detour through Georgetown. If you're looking for some other routes, have Michael email me offline, and I will provide them for him. When you mentioned the Royal Farms in Greenwood, I said out loud to no one else in the car, I know that Royal Farms. I buy gas at that Royal Farms. (laughs) In fact, I used to be the principal at the school at the southbound side of Route 13, not 113. That is the road. Road you got when you made a left onto Redden Road and came out to 113 to go through Georgetown. Does this count as a David Aldridge moment, knowing the Royal Farms where Dr. Kornheiser stops on his way to the beach? Either way, thank you for the years of entertainment and hoping I can be the official Delaware School Human Resource Director for the show. I hate pumpkin, too. Michael has gotten something that he needs right now. Right now. If you're out on your bike today, everybody, or tonight, as always, do wear white. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live!
cafe on market He smokes his cigarettes, reads his New York Times But what he doesn't know is that nobody sees him Clearly the stars 